So I'm going to start a series today called, What Did Jesus Really Teach? And I had a plan to go somewhere, but I was praying the Lord changed my plan. Hallelujah. But I have some things to say. And so first of all, you know, if you look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see Jesus teaching. How many of you know that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh? Y'all going to help me today, right? Well, this side is, are y'all going to help me over here today? Y'all going to believe for something? Amen. I don't know what's going on, but everybody smile. Everybody cheer. I said, smile. Don't be disobedient. Smile. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got a lot to be, you, you got a lot to be joyous over. You have victory. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. Come on, you're saved. You're going to heaven. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. Life is good for you. I said, life is good for you. I said, life is good for you. Hallelujah. So Jesus did some teaching, and he taught to four different What I see is four different groups of people. There may be more as I get into this. But number one, he taught to the multitudes. And in the multitudes, there are all kinds of people. His disciples were in there, but people just came to see who he was. People just came to get healed. They didn't really care what he had to say, but he had to, they had to listen to what he said before the power of God fell. I mean, so you got multitudes, and you got, uh, you know, you got teachers of the law. You got skeptics. You got everything in the multitudes. And then a lot of times you see Jesus taught the disciples. And a lot of times we just think the 12, but there's, there were 70. There were those that followed him around, the women. So when he says disciples, really that just means the leader. That means the core of the apple. That means the seed is in there, and these are the leaders. So it's not just always the 12 when it says the disciples. Then we see him teaching one-on-one. He talked to the woman at the well. He talked to Zacchaeus, was a wee little man, and a wee little man was, you know that one? He talked to Zacchaeus. I mean, uh, he, he taught uh, um, uh, Jairus. He, so he taught people individually, and he also taught in small groups. And then Jesus, one of the best ways Jesus taught was by example. And so how many of you know there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and if I took the time to look at every one of them, we wouldn't exhaust it before Jesus came back. So we're going to be led by the Holy Ghost to what is Cornerstone Word of Life Church. What do you need about what Jesus said? And so as I took that approach, he said to talk about this. So um, we're going to talk about uh, how he ministered on the Word of God itself. So his subject was the Word. He was the Word of God. He was the Word of God made flesh, but he had some things to say about the Word. He had some things to say about the seed, and he had some things to say about the importance of it. And so I'm going to kind of do an overview, realizing that when he taught, so what I'm going to first look at is he had done some miracles, and here in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 49, he's pulled the disciples aside after he's ministered to the to the multitudes. Now, this disciples could include, it's not necessarily just the 12, but it's the leaders. It's those that are close in. It are those that are following him. And so I believe that's you. I said, I believe that's you. Can I get a better amen? Y'all gonna have to help me today. I'm gonna come down there. Hallelujah. Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six. I'm gonna read it out of the King James. Luke chapter six. Verses, uh, we're going to look at 43 through 49. And so remember here, he's teaching the multitudes. If you look at chapter, uh, just chapter 6 in um, 
uh, you know, in Luke, blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you the hungry. So he's given a whole sermon, and, and he doesn't fall. I mean, sometimes uh, he preaches scattergun too. I mean, so, so it's just there. But then he gets down to this, and so it says this in verse 43, for a good tree brings forth, uh, uh, brings forth, doesn't bring forth corrupt fruit. Neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. So you're a tree. Remember, uh, we talked to the Lord, dealt with me, and you all are fig trees. How many, and Jesus is the, I warned you, give me, give me, my, give me my pulpit. Oh, I almost tripped on you. Would you have caught me if I tripped? Uh, were you almost there? Hallelujah. All right. So if you can't see me in the back, I'm sorry, but I'm going to look in your windows and the soles of your eyes. Hallelujah. This is real important to me. I was up all night. I didn't have any sleep. So this is, this is, this is important. This is maybe one of the most important things I've ever ministered to you in a little while. And, th- and, and when I was praying on this last Wednesday, some things popped up out of my heart. Um, you, everybody in the room, we really need this. I need this. I need this, and you need this. So uh, are you a tree? So you're a fig tree, right? And so uh, in that account in Luke, uh, the Lord is the master, and then I'm the gardener. And I gave the Lord a promise a couple weeks ago that I was going to garden you. And that includes you getting some fertilizer, because next year when it comes back, there are going to be some figs on you. There are going to be more figs on me than there's ever been. There's going to be more figs on you than there've ever been. And how many of you know that when you got a fig tree that produces fruit, sometimes you got to prune it? Praise the Lord. Are you ready for some pruning? Come on, but are you ready? Fertilizer's good, and the fertilizer is the Word of God. And so you're a tree, and if you're a good tree, you produce good fruit. If you're a bad tree, you produce bad fruit. People say, well, I don't know, you know, what you believe. Oh, no, no, no. We can tell what everybody believes by what they produce. A good tree is born again. A good tree has the heart of God. A good tree has the word of God in it, and a good tree produces fruit. A bad tree is not born again, and if you don't like that, that's just what the Bible is talking about. A bad tree produces corrupt fruit. You will know them, Jesus said, by what? By their fruit. It is not gray. It is not blurry. It's either born again or not born again. It's either good or it's bad. Amen. Every tree is known by their fruit. I love t-shirts, but not by their t-shirts. Not by their bumper stickers. Every tree is known by their fruit. Oh, hallelujah. A good man out of the good treasure of heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speak. We know what we believe because of what we talk about. You know who I am by what I say to you, even in casual conversation. So people that say this kind of thing, they're always mean with their mouth. They're cruel with their mouth. And then when they're done, they'll go, oh, you know I'm just talking. No, what you know is what's in their heart. Well, I'm just saying. No, you just told me what was in your heart. Well, I take it back. Well, it's in your heart. You can't take it back. 
You know, some, ah, hey, hey, listen to me. If you're hanging out with people and they're mean to you all the time and they apologize because you threatened to break a relationship or go another way and they're going to always do better, they have to change their heart before they can do better. Because out of the abundance, say, well, my baby, I was just feeling pressure. Well, when you get some pressure, that's what I know and when it's really on the inside of you. So if you always tell them, baby, I didn't mean it, baby, you know, I, you know I, I shouldn't have said that. Well, baby, you ought to change your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth leaks, especially when the pressure is on. Y'all? And there's only a way to change that, and Jesus says, here's, Jesus is preaching. I said, Jesus is preaching. Jesus is preaching. What did Jesus preach? You either a good tree or a bad tree. Don't tell me about them nice words. I'm telling you, I know what's in your heart. That's what Jesus was preaching. I know what's in your heart by what comes out your mouth. How can you change what comes out your mouth? Well, you can do it on purpose. No, you got to change your heart. Because, see, when you don't expect it, what you really believe, what you really think, who you really are pops up out of it. And you can't fix it outwardly. You have to go inwardly. Okay, a good man, yeah, we did that. Verse six, and why do you call me Lord, Lord? I mean, he's just getting started preaching. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. All right, this is what I want to get to. Who comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you him like who he is. Verse 48, he is a man that built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears and does not is like a man without a foundation, built a, a, a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat, and, uh, and, and it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So in this account, uh, he's, he says it this way, but in Matthew chapter 7, verse 25, he says, the rains are coming, the floods are coming. The wind is about to blow and it's going to beat on your house. And the same storms of life come to everybody. So what I want to talk to you about is what he said here. He's talking about out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what do you got to get in the abundance of your heart? You got to get the word of God. Can we tell I am not going around inspecting your fruit today? You're your own fruit inspector. Amen. You're your own fruit. There is no one called in the ministry of fruit inspection. <laughs> inspect your own. But we know what you're producing. It's very obvious. We don't have to inspect it. We know. Especially those closest to you know. And if you want to change something, you got to get something in you. And that is the word of God. And that's what he's talking about. You got to get the you got to get the logos, the written word of God in your heart so it'll start coming out your mouth. And then he said, don't just hear the word. The mistake of a lot of church going people today on a Sunday morning in the United States of America is their hearers only. They go to church to soothe their conscience. They go to church to put in their time. They go to church. They are going to heaven. I have no, that is the truth. But listen, there's a whole lot of life to live right now here on the earth. And if you're going to do it well, if you're going to do it in the kingdom, you're going to have to get full of the word. Because Jesus said, storms are coming. Well, don't talk negative. That's not negative. That's the truth. 
Because the truth said the truth, and the truth is storms are coming. Well, is something coming like COVID again? Oh, probably before we get up on out of here, that'll make COVID will look like a little light thing. Well, I don't want you to scare me. I'm not scaring you. There's going to be wars, rumors of war, earthquake, famine, pestilence. Jesus said so. You can't change it. But if you build your house right, if you build your house right, if you build your house in the Lord, when the wind blows, when the rains come, even when it's flooding, it will not touch you. So this is not about what's going on out there. It's about what's going on in here. And have you taken the time to build your house? Listen to me. Uh, we don't have it up here in North Alabama. We get the after effects of hurricanes. And this summer has been a weird weather winter, weather time. So I'm wondering what winter is going to be like. But, you know, sometimes up here we get the after effects of a hurricane that came through the Gulf. But, you know, when you got 120, 150 hour, mile an hour winds, it's the wrong time to put the shutters on the windows. It's too late. I don't know that it's impossible. You can't protect your house during a hurricane. You have had to prepare for a hurricane. And that's what the Lord is telling us in his sermon. Build your house. Build it on a rock. Oh, Moses sat on a rock. We looked at uh, Jesus is our pavilion. He's our rock. You're, if you want a foundation, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful homes around this area. A lot of million-dollar homes in this area. But if they're not on a good foundation, that crystal chandelier is going to crack. That imported marble is going to crack. And, and really in your life, if you want to go up big, you're going to have to go down low. You know, there's some apartments coming over here. I think they're four to six stories. I looked as I was driving by. They, they dug deep into a foundation. If you, want, if you want something that lasts, that people can look at and say, ooh, I want to know who their God is, you're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to get a good foundation. What is your foundation? It is the doctrine. It is the written word of God. It is what Jesus has to say about it. It is the word of God. But then he said, in order to really build your house right, you got to be a doer. you got to be a doer. Not a hearer only. Can I get an amen? And then Jesus said, we just sang, I love you, Lord, but I love this in the same line, John chapter 14. These are all things while Jesus is teaching, while Jesus is preaching. What did Jesus really teach and preach? John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, sing to me. Yeah, we can do that. If you love me, tell everybody you love me. But Jesus said, if you really love me, You'll keep my commandments. In other words, you'll keep or you'll do the word of God. So can we, can, do, how do we know that we, how does he know that we really love him? Yes, I believe you can tell him. And we did it, and it was powerful. And yes, I believe you can tell somebody else, I love Jesus, he loves me. But what's Jesus looking for? If you really love me, what? what? He wants you to be a doer of the word. Everybody shout, I'm a doer. Come on, do you love him? Do you love him? Really, this shows the degree to you love him. Verse 21, verse 21, he said, he that hath, hath my commandments and keeps them is he it is that loves me. 
And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. That's a good deal. And I will love him, and I'm going to manifest myself to him. So is it important to hear the word of God? Yes, faith comes by the logos, hearing the logos. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, faith comes by a rhema Christos. Yes, yes, you got to hear the word. You can't have faith without it. But in order for your faith to be released, you got to be a doer of the word. So it's good. I'm glad you're all here. I love hanging out with you on Sunday mornings. But really what Pastor Rhonda and I and the pastoral staff, the under shepherds of this church want for you is I want you to have a firm foundation. I want your house to be rock solid. I want when the storms come, when the winds blow, when tragedy tries to strike your house, you are a solid rock built on a foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way I can get you there is if you'll do the word. And I can't make you do the word and the Lord can't make you do the word. Your spouse can't make you do the word. Your children can't make you do the word. Nobody can make you do the word. You got to decide, I'm going to do the word of God. I am a doer of the word. That means when I hear it, I've got to respond to it. That means when I hear the word, I got to figure out how to put that in practice in my life. Everybody shout, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Woo, if you love me, Jesus said, you'll do it. Do you love him? To the degree you love him is to the degree you'll do the word of God. All right. I'm preaching. This is good to preach. This is easy to preach because if Jesus already preached this and, I, and he preached by the Holy Ghost, if I'll hook up with the Holy Ghost, the sa- I'm not Jesus, but I'm a son of God. And you're in this room and the same anointing they experience and the same anointing they experience because when he preached to the multitudes, signs, wonders, and miracles began to happen because God worked with him confirming his word with signs. I'm telling you what Jesus himself taught. Amen. He had some other things to say. We're doing a flyover here. In John 8, 31 and 32, he said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. How can you tell if you're a disciple? Not just you heard the word, but you continue in it. Verse 32, ooh, I love this one. And you shall know the truth. How? If you continue in the word. And the truth shall do what? Make you free. Set you free. How many of you know Jesus is the truth? How many of you know Jesus has done everything he's going to do about your freedom? Jesus has done everything he's going to do about your salvation. Jesus is going to, he's done everything. So for you to pray, Lord, heal me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, bless me. And that's a wrong prayer. You, you just, you got to understand this. I got to receive salvation. I receive my deliverance. I receive my victory. I receive my healing. I receive my blessing. Hallelujah. Why? Because if I continue in the word, I'm his disciple. And as his disciple, as I continue in the word, as I do the word, Jesus is preaching this, y'all. Jesus is saying, if you'll continue in my word. If you'll continue in my word, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. But the word of God never returns void, but it'll always accomplish what it was sent to do. The word of God is a firm foundation. You can stand on it. And he said, if you'll do it, you'll be my disciples and then you'll be free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In John 15, 7, he said, if my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will. That's the importance of the word of God. You know, just asking God for things that you don't know are his will. You can quit all that if you know the word. Because you won't ask him for anything that's not his will. Because the will of God is the word of God. This is the confidence that I have in him if I ask anything according to his will. The will of God is the word of God. I know that he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know that I got it. I know that I got it. And if you'll abide in me and his words abide, abide, abide. Abide means vitally united. 
Woo! You'll have what you will. Jesus said so. John 17, 1, he said, he said this, he said, these words Jesus spoke, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Uh, nope, that's not the one I want. Hallelujah. Uh, I wrote it down wrong. He said, uh, my word is truth. He said, my word is truth. Sanctify them with the truth. 17, 17. That's, I got so excited, I wrote it down wrong. Hallelujah. John 17, 17. Second service will get it without a mistake. Hallelujah. He said, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Do you want to be sanctified? What does sanctified mean? Set apart for the master's use. Come on, the, the Lord wants to use you. How do you get set apart? By the word of God. The word of God is truth. That truth will set you apart. Hallelujah. Jesus said in this in John 6, 63, he's still preaching. Every one of these I picked, he's preaching to somebody. Every one of these I picked, he's preaching to somebody. I'm on purpose leaving out the epistles except for when they pop out of my heart. Hallelujah. But what I wrote down is what Jesus preached. And he said, it's the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. The words the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Come on, y'all want to walk in the spirit? Y'all want to walk in the spirit? Y'all want to walk in the Holy Ghost? Then you got to get the word. You got to get the word. You can't walk in the spirit without the word of God. It, the spirit of God, the, the things of God, the spirit of God, they're very real, but you can't safely enter into them unless you know the truth, unless you know the word of God. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. You want to walk in the life of God? You got to get the word of God in you. Hallelujah. I love this one. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. <laughs> but he said, so you got to go back. What's going on? So there's a woman out in the crowd, and she said, blessed is your mama. She nursed you. We won't go King James. She nursed you. So this woman's out there starting the movement of bless Mary. And Jesus Stopped it. He said, no, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Mary's great. She's just a woman used of God. She, you know, she's going to get blessed when she does the word. Don't you elevate a person, he said. You elevate the word. That's what he said. Don't elevate my mother. Elevate the word. The way you get blessed, if you hear it and you keep it. Do you want to be blessed? Yes. You want to be blessed? Yes. You want to be blessed? Thank God for the word of God. Yes. Oh, I got too much to tell you today. Um, can you tell I got too much to tell you today? So Jesus said this. You remember the parable of the sower? He said, unless you know this parable and understand it, you can't know all the parables. So what is the parable of the sower? Well, the sower sows the seed. What is the seed? It's the word of God. And then he goes on to talk about, and you can see this in the different places. I, I mostly study out of Mark chapter 4 with this. But um, he, he lists the four kinds of soil. You remember that? I'm just doing an overview of this. Because the importance today is what? Jesus is preaching about the word. He said, if you love me, you'll keep it. He said, the storms are coming. Build your house. Get the word in you. Listen, you can't do what you don't know. You say, well, if I don't know it, I'm not responsible. You'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. This, God has set things up. The law of faith, just like the law of gravity. 
God has set something. So ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is dangerous. What did the, the scripture say? My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And only in just not getting knowledge, getting understanding. we got to get revelation. So just I don't know, I don't need to know is wrong. It's available for you to know. You're expect, you know, even as a New Testament believer, I'm expected to know what was in the Old Testament. Listen, they wouldn't quote it if I'm not supposed to know it. Jesus quoted it all the time. He did. Four kinds of soils. Wayside, that, that's the kind that uh, you hear it, it's immediately gone. Stony ground, no root. Thorny ground, unfruitful. But y'all are good ground. So we'll just skip over those. I trust. I believe. Everybody shout, I'm good ground. You can be, how do you get good ground? Well, <laughs> with the word. <laughs> so you go in and, and you let the word of God clean out your cardia, the center of you, your soil. You, and, and you prepare it, and you're the one that has to take out the stones. How do you do that? By the help of the Holy Ghost, by the help of the Word, because you want to be fruitful. Now, but, but listen, it's not enough just to have good ground. You've got to get some seed. What is seed? The Word of God is seed. The Word of God is seed. So doesn't it make sense the more seed I put into my cardia, the more seed I put into my good ground, some, that's why he said some, are, some good grounds are going to produce 30, some are going to produce 60, some are going to produce 100. I think it has to do more with the amount of seed in it. Doesn't it make sense as a farmer, if I plant one tomato uh, seed and get one tomato plant, I'll get some good tomatoes, maybe five or six. But if I plant 100 of them, my mom is going to be able to can me some whole tomatoes. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the amount of seed you put into your good soil is very important. How much seed are you putting in there? And then Jesus said, Jesus said this. He's preaching. Jesus is teaching. And he said to them in these two different accounts in Mark 4 and 24, he said what? He said, be careful what you hear. Because everything you hear is not good news. And be careful. Remember, he even rebuked the, the, um, the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he said, your traditions make the word of God of no effect. So we got to be careful what we hear, how much opinion is mixed in with the gospel, how much opinion is mixed in with the word of God. And you don't need any opinion. You need the word of God because the word of God will, will, will with a witness, will explain the word of God. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen to me. And, and so he said, be careful what you hear. Everybody say this. I'll be careful what I hear. These ears of yours, they're not garbage dumps. They're not for everybody's opinion. If you're believing God for something, the less opinion, the less mess of this world that you hear, whatever everybody tells you is currently important, the word is the most important thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then Jesus said this, Jesus said this, Jesus said this. He's preaching on this, Luke 8, 18. It says, be careful how you hear it. So he's saying to you, be careful how you hear this word. I've heard that. If you, if you ever find yourself saying, I heard this, you slap yourself across the head and you jerk yourself back and you say, you need to hear this. Because it really, if you believe something and you hear it again, it'll, it'll excite you. 
It'll excite you. Like you heard it for the first time. Because revelation is progressive. Amen. What Jesus said, if you, Proverbs said, out of the abundance of your, out of, the, uh, out of your heart flow the issues of your life. And then it goes through a bunch of stuff. I'm not teaching all that today. I'm just telling you, your cardia, your soil, you got to get as much seed into it as possible, Jesus said. You got to be careful what you hear. You got to be careful how you hear. We're talking about what Jesus preached on the word. What did Jesus really preach to the multitudes? What did he preach to his disciples? What did he talk to people individually? How did he live? And so one of the things was his big thing, which makes now sense to me after I've studied out and got started, why he'd want to start with the word. <laughs> he is the word. He is the word. We're a word church. We're a, I thought we were a Holy Ghost church. You can't be a Holy Ghost church if you're not a word church. He has nothing to move on. God doesn't move on emotions. He moves on the word. God doesn't just move out of need. He moves out of faith. Are you with me? So how many of you know it's important for you to sow seed? Say, I'm a seed sower. You're the best seed sower in your own life. Because see, if, you have a, if, if I want tomatoes, I'm stuck on tomatoes. I haven't really gotten any really, really, really good ones this year. Um, but you don't have to bring me any. I'm looking. Hallelujah. But... Um, but if I want tomatoes, i got to plant a tomato seed. I wouldn't plant a tomato seed expecting a peach. And so you know what you need to sow. What's going on in your life? Sow some seed. Everybody say, I'm a seed sower. I'm a seed sower. Woo, glory to God. Then let's look at this one. Let's look at this one. So this one is more of an example. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. What did Jesus preach? What he preached to the multitudes, what he preached to his disciples, what he preached to individuals. What by example did he preach? This one's more of an example of what he preached, but it has to do with the word of God. It said, uh, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Are you all full of the Holy Ghost? Returned from Jordan was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In, the do in those days he, he didn't eat anything, and, he, and when they were entered he afterward hunger. And the devil said to him, if you're the son of God... Command this stone that it be made bread. What did Jesus say? He didn't say, please quit bothering me. You know I'm on a holy fast. You know I'm the son of God. Leave me alone. Please leave me alone. What did he answer with? Everybody say, it is written. Listen, listen. this is not what Jesus preached. But let's go back to Genesis. The serpent, the devil shows up talking to God's son and daughter, but we see the account of him. The son, Adam, didn't keep the serpent out of the garden. He's in there, and he's talking. The devil's talking to Eve. What is the first thing he said? Did God say? Did God say? Listen to me. If you don't know what God said, you are in trouble. Because if you think that I hear people say this all the time, and I'm not giving him respect, but people say, well, the devil's stupid. He's a lot of things. Stupid is not one of them. He has been fooling and deceiving humanity for millennia. And he started with Adam and Eve. But the good thing is we got an example of how not to be fooled and deceived by the devil anymore. Now, on our side of things, how many of you know the devil's defeated? <laughs> Destroyed. 
brought to nothing. But this is in here for our example. Everybody say, it is written. So Jesus answered the devil, said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So how should you live? Not by steak alone, not by mashed potatoes alone, not by a good a roll from Texas Roadhouse alone. I know I got you on that one. Hallelujah. But those are all good, but by every word of God. You can't live by every word of God if you don't know every word of God. And I was like, I can't know every word of God. Well, get to working on it. I've been doing this 35 years, and there's a whole lot more to learn, I found out. And you never quit learning. Amen? You, you never get to arrive. You just keep putting it in there. You keep putting it in there. Because it is written. And if you know what is written, that will chase the devil away every time. But if you don't know what is written, you have no ammunition. You have no sword of the spirit. So then the devil, taking him up into a, um, a high place, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said, you know, all this was delivered to me. Adam did deliver it. And, and I can give it to whoever I want. Bow down and worship me. And Jesus answered and said unto him, get behind me, Satan. Verse 8, get behind me. Everybody say, get behind me, Satan. But he didn't just stop there. What did he say? For it is written. For it is written. Well, Jesus knows what is written. He is the word of God. But it's been written for you to know what is written. And you got an iPhone, and you got it in 13,000 translations, and you have it everywhere, and there is no excuse for us to not know what is written. Thou shalt, it is written. Everybody shout, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shall this earth. I am not bowing down in front of you because it is written. He brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said, if you're the son of God, Come on, the devil's going to say, if you're the healed, if you're the blessed, if you're the delivered, he's always trying to make questions about who you are. Come on, y'all, we're sons and daughters of the Most High. We are saved. I'm not trying to get saved. I am saved. I'm not trying to get delivered. I am delivered. Not trying to get healed. I am healed. Not trying to get blessed. I am blessed. He said, if you're the son of God, you go ahead and prove it. Because uh, um, then the devil got a little snappy. He said, for it's written. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you. So what's he doing? That's resting the scripture. And the devil is a master at it. And there's a whole lot of it going on today because people got some itching ears. And then Jesus answered it. He answered the devil just like he answered that fig tree. You better answer it. I said, you better answer it. And not answer it with, oh, what am I going to do? Help me, Jesus. Well, sometimes that's a good prayer, but most of the time you got to put some word on it. Jesus answered, said, um, thou Jesus answered said to him, it is said. Or what is what? It is written. Everybody say, it is said. It is said. What is that? It is written. You, you're not, I'm not going to tempt the Lord your God. So uh, the devil came with three temptations. The Lord Jesus answered with the word three times. So no matter how many times the devil comes, you better have an answer. 
And if you don't know what to answer, you and I need to get busy on getting some answers. How do you, what is the answer? It's always the Word of God. It's always the Word of God. You want to live victorious? It's in the Word of God. You want to be healed? It's in the Word of God. You want to be blessed? It's in the Word of God. You want to live a peaceable life? It's in the Word of God. The Word of God is our life. Hallelujah. It's not something I get to when I can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the devil's coming with, did God say? And if you are, but you and I have to know who we are. Woo, glory to God. I got some questions for you. Do you love him? What's the proof? You're a doer. To the amount of the commandments or the word you keep is to the amount of we really do. Do we need, can we grow in that? Can the love grow? Good for you for where you're at because you're in the room this morning. Good for you. Seriously. Good for you. But is there more? So if, if, if I want to be a doer of the word, what does that mean? I got to know more word to do. We have Bible Institute for that. Number two. Are you ready for the storms of life? Are you ready? Well, I just am hoping and a praying they won't come. Well, that's a wrong hoping and a praying because they're coming. They're coming. You understand? Even the devil left Jesus for a season. They're coming. You can't stop them all. You can't stop them. But you can build your house. I said you can build your house. How are you going to build your house? Well, you're going to build it with the word of God. And you can't do what you don't know. I said you can't do what you don't know. I have a cure for that. It's called Bible Institute. Listen to me. I am responsible for getting you some fertilizer. I promised the Lord it was pretty serious with me and him about how things were going to be. And, and listen to me. If you've never been in Bible Institute, I put some, by the Holy Ghost, Pastor Ron and I put something in your backyard without much effort that you can get full of the word of God really quick like. Amen. Well, Pastor, you, just, you did all that just to promote Bible Institute. The Holy Ghost told me to do it this way. And he told me not to be shy about it. Because the word is your cure. And if I can give you something in two years, you're going to be further along than most people in the body of Christ, then I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to be ashamed of pushing it because it's important for you. Well, I just don't have time. That's between you and the Lord. Because the storms are going to come anyway. Amen. Well, I'm, you know, I just I feel pressure. I don't feel no pressure. Because... Um, if you don't come, I'm still going to preach tonight. Um, and if the Lord tells you it's not your time, that's between you and him. But I'm just saying, these, this is what he gave me, and, and I want, listen to me. If you had the word in you, when a storm came, you'd be like, what? This is what the word says about that. <laughs> what? No way. I'm not supposed to have that. No way. I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. This is what the word says about that. Amen. And man, I just want, I want to give him my love. Um, how many of you would love to ask what you will? And the Lord would give it to you. 
Well, you have to have the word abiding in you. And if you don't have the word abiding, in other words, if you don't know it, it's not abiding in you, you can't ask what you will. Oh, I've got tons of questions here that the Lord gave me and had me write out. Um, do you want to be free? I want to be free. But would I want to be free? And if I ever begged the Lord to make me free, he would take me back to, well, if you knew the truth. If you knew it and you knew it was a finished work, you'd quit asking the Lord to deliver you. You'd quit asking the Lord to help you. You'd quit being upset about mistakes you make because of your flesh because you heard the truth, you did the truth, and the truth made you free. And then if you continue, you'll be free indeed. Come on, do I got some continuers in here? Hallelujah. That's better than continuing education. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting enough seed in your ground? Are you getting enough? Well, you know, even those of you who graduated from Bible Institute, you can go back through free. You know, uh, I've had people say to me, when I, when I went through the second time or the third time, I got more out of it. Why? Well, because it's the Word of God and revelation is progressive. I get stuff out of it. I've been preaching it for 25 years. Sometimes I'll stop and go, that's really good. I should write that down. And I do sometimes write it down because revelation. Now, let me tell you this. The devil's coming whether you like it or not. But if you have the word to respond to him, come on, it is a cool thing to say, it is written. You just, come on, you throw your shoulders back because you know who's behind that word. Everybody say, it is written. And if you know what is written, you can respond to any attack of the devil. Just very seriously, um, as really I didn't aim this but when the Lord started getting in here, I was about midway through, and he's like, I want you to be encouraging. Listen, uh, if you're in this room and you're just new to these things, you're new to the church, you're new to the word of God, or maybe you've been away a while, uh, it's not what you have learned or have believed. It's what you're currently believing. And I'm not trying to scare you into it. I'm just saying what I know of the word. And you all know this. How many know the devil is not just going to leave you alone because you attend Cornerstone? <laughs> He's not. Why? Because he comes to get the word. And so you've got to do what you need to do. Um, yeah, listen, if you never go to Bible Institute at this church, we're going to love you, treat you good. I don't, you know, I'm not going to follow you up and hound you and say, here's a t-shirt. Don't you want one? <laughs> I am going to tell you this. Some of you in this room are called of God. And, and we don't ever talk about this, but the Lord told me to bring it up. If you want to go to school of ministry and us to train you as a minister, you can't go. Th uh, we don't let anybody in that school. That's why we never talk about it unless you go through Bible Institute. Because I need to make sure you got good doctrine. But Bible Institute is not a school for preachers. It is a school for living. Everybody 
No matter who you are, you need good doctrine. You need the word of God. I have assembled some really good teachers. They're anointed. They're proven. Um, I can't, Pastor Ron and I can't teach everything anymore. But we've trained people. Um, my goodness, we, got some, we, we have some anointing for you. Uh, the word of God will change your life. But just everybody needs to get more word in them for the hour we live in. Well, let's just pray, Pastor Mark, and believe that, you know, nothing ever as bad as COVID is going to happen again. I can't. I can't release my faith for that. And neither can you. But I can release my faith for you can get the word of God in you. You can build your house. And I don't care what kind of wind blows. I don't care what kind of rain comes. I don't care what kind of flood comes. As for you and yours, you'll be safe. Because the word of God, but the word of God, not just heard, the word of God believed. The word of God spoken. The word of God acted on. Hallelujah. Jesus is the word. It's no wonder that when he preached to the masses, when he preached to the disciples, when he preached individually, by example, that he made such a big deal out of the word of God. It is your foundation. It is a seed. And if you live it and do it, Oh, my gosh, I am a living testimony. There's other people in this room living testimonies of what the word of God will do. Don't let anything, not a job, not a, not a, um, not a, a, a stay at home on Sunday nights and watch a football. They have that on Monday nights too now, or they've always had it on Monday nights. Um, well, my children, we got child care. It's too long. Life is too short. I don't have time. Time is what you have to invest. Because time is not forever. I'll get to it when I can. Make sure that you, you are doing what the Lord asks you to do.